Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of fail. You know, Mama always says, if you have nothing good about to say about something, don't say anything at all. <laughs> and uh, that's the review, guys. That's the review. That's the review of Re colon Born. So I don't know why. Why is it called that? Is, is it this is based off anything? No, I think this is just an original idea. <laughs> okay, because you know. What well, re- I, I I think at some point in the movie, one of the characters says something like, "And now you're reborn." But that doesn't explain why it's re colon born. Re colon born means regarding born. <laughs> it doesn't really. <laughs> well, I mean that if you if you type up any emails like oh, re right. means re- regarding. So, oh right, 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 right. So uh, um, well, you know how those Japanese are with their silly titles and <laughs> whatnot. I don't know. Well, hey, you know, you think that someone there would be like, hey. This title doesn't make any sense because we actually have a couple of actors in the movie or actor actors that speak English, like fluent English. Right, right. Remember that one character who yeah. he like out of place just starts speaking English for no reason, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone around him just understands him. Yeah. And, and my my conspiracy is that well, not conspiracy. My my theory is that they just found an actor. Who's you know he's Japanese and he just happens to know English like oh we gotta use that in the movie and then that that's and they do they do <laughs> yeah that could be the case uh, I mean I'm I'm assuming it's because of his uh, you know martial arts talent and coincidentally he could probably speak English too and they're like yeah. oh my God you're fluent say something <laughs> it, it's weird because he, he's a character uh, we're not even talking about the movie yet. I just want to get this guy out of the way. Uh-huh. Uh, this character, he's a part of a duo. Yes. But then one of the duo dies. Yep. Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. One of the duo dies. So you, I mean, like in most movies, when you have a disposable supporting character, you expect both of them to die. Uh-huh. But only one of them dies, and it's like, what? Like I, this guy needs to die too. <laughs> that, that's the way I, I thought. Of it. <laughs> no, because he follows the main character throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, and yeah, you, I guess when you think about it, you kind of expect him to die, but he, he doesn't. So well, because he doesn't do anything. No, that's <laughs> right? not. He's like a that's, shadow. That's not true. Uh, he does. I mean, those. I mean, maybe we should partially get into the story, but like sure. he does help the main character out towards the end when they, you know, storm the base. Right. Right. Well. The main character doesn't need any assistance. That's that's the that's the movie. That is the entire plot right there. <laughs> uh, what, what? Okay. What's the best way to sum this movie up? This is if you took uh, One Punch Man and took out all the comedy and dragged out the the pacing mm-hmm. by tenfold. That's like and completely unenjoyable. Uh, like, <laughs> Uh, I, I can go into the whole theory on why I despise a movie like this, um, and all harkens back to like the problems that a lot of people have with uh, the bad movies and such, or super like watching a movie like Superman or anything like that, or Man of Steel is that when the main character 
has you know is invincible you know there's you know like what what you actually need to make that person weaker is by adding conflict or drama around them yeah here this guy is so perfect that it becomes boring right right yeah yeah i i definitely agree with that so our main character played by tak sakaguchi um very prominent uh japanese martial artist uh right now uh who i enjoy uh, a, a bunch of his stuff but um going back to what you said uh he is infallible correct uh oh yeah to the point of i wouldn't say um annoyance i would say that yeah um you knew he was gonna win all the time for me the problem was i didn't care about him at all (laughs) i just like he this is uh, just getting basically fast forward to the end like i also would not recommend this movie (laughs) because i know okay yeah yeah yeah. i I don't like this movie at all uh (laughs) I, I, why did you recommend yeah, this? I really love um, uh, technical combat. I, I didn't realize that I, I really, really like that kind of stuff. Uh, it, I guess um, the closest approximation I could, I could think of would be like, if you think of the John Wick movies, those are starting to veer into technical combat where it's like, what is the least amount of movement where you could take somebody down or kill them? Mm, okay. Um, or, or being the most effective, you know, like, Technical combat, like it's used by, uh, used in tactical forces, like used in military. Mm-hmm. It's not flashy at all. It's not supposed to be, you know. Uh, right. The and I like seeing it in movies, but I think it's very difficult to make it cinematic sometimes. And this is this is a movie where it fails at in a lot of areas <laughs> to make it like cinematic because. Uh, while the performers are extremely, extremely fast, which like it, it's like incredible how fast they are, like that doesn't work on screen a lot of times. Mm, right. That's funny you say that about the technic, uh, tactical element of this movie. Yes, you definitely see that. Uh, what would you you were mentioning the uh, what is it the director the director right? No, no, the, is... the he's the fight choreographer. That image I sent you. Right. Uh, Yoshitaka Inagawa. Uh, after years of combat, oh, I don't have to read the whole thing. But essentially, he has combat training. Uh, he worked with the uh, U.S. Special Forces and the Self Defense Force. Um, so you know he lent himself. That should quote unquote lent itself to being interesting on screen. <laughs> it uh, should well, quote unquote right. It should. Yeah. It should. Oh, uh, and, but, and, know, and I should also everything... note that he is uh, the character Abyss in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. AKA Hideo Kojima. <laughs> right. Did you not get that vibe? There, there <laughs> are a lot of uh, parallels to Metal Gear Solid in this movie. No, well, that character, though, the actor looks like Hideo Kojima. <laughs> I don't know. You, you ever get that? Like, I don't know certain... what Hideo Kojima looks like. I can't think oh. of him off the top of my head. But I'll, I'll take in your certain word for angles. It. Right. In certain angles, he kind of looks like that. He's all, all, I felt like at any moment he was gonna be like something, something Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, like he lent itself. Uh, well, I mean the the. His expertise should lend itself to being uh, having some sort of authenticity to the movie. However, cinematically, that's where it kind of falters because it, it's not interesting. And I think a lot of what you say about like what makes it good, I might back, I might have a counter argument for that. Right, right. Uh, mostly because it, it feels like um, some of the movements feel a little bit unrealistic to me mm-hmm. because a lot of times. Uh, the characters are just dodging bullets and uh, like 
just by the oh, swing yeah, your body's yeah. left and I, right. I mean, that stuff is extremely unrealistic. Uh, it, you know, that's for the sake of the movie. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. our main character literally dodges yeah. bullets by stepping out of the way. And it's yeah. it's hilarious. I I feel like I understand what they're going for, but I think the execution just comes across as silly. Oh yeah, like um, of course. Uh, so so the problem with this with this movie too is um, we have this character uh, who is an extremely exceptional um, fighter, martial artist, whatever. He's like a former soldier. I don't even remember the story to be honest. <laughs> so the problem is uh, they they all want his blood. For some reason, because he, you know, he's like, like they want his DNA. I don't even know. But the problem is, they don't really explain his powers. Like they don't explain why he's so good. You just kind of have to make assumptions that everything he's doing on screen is good because you know he's able to just defeat all these people. Sure. Um, when you have when you have situations like this, I feel like an explanation would lend itself a little bit, like explaining his combat skills or explaining why he can dodge bullets. Um, to to kind of uh, ground it a little bit because yeah, when you have a guy literally sidestepping gunfire, you're like, uh, right. what? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, see that that's something that I wasn't sure if I just wasn't wasn't ex- whether it wasn't explained well in the movie or if it it was it was explained, but because the film itself is so bland and boring that you just graze over the the explanation because like i felt like i was watching a novel on screen i felt like i was reading like an 800 page novel <laughs> and just dozing off i'm like this is and it's like an hour and 40 minutes i've sat through three hour movies yeah this this, than this the pacing of this movie is horrendous i i don't understand because it is only an hour and 40 you would think like oh okay yeah 100 minutes yeah this should be a breeze but and, and yeah on that note mm-hmm. you would think that because this jumps ahead of by a lot. There is a very elongated action it sequence is in this almost movie. twenty minutes long. <laughs> Over twenty minutes long, I counted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, kind of like from when it basically there is a in, in a very long uh, action scene in the woods, and starting mm. from when they went, go into the woods and when they're out of the woods, like it's yeah, technically like twenty, a little over twenty minutes. And yeah. it's if you want to be technical, it kind of like uh, the battle kind of goes on until the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But like the, the, the woods scene is is twenty minutes yeah. long, and you would think like, oh my god, twenty minutes of action. That's great. The problem. <laughs> the problem is that you get just so many small bursts of things, and then it cuts to just like people advancing towards each other in the woods and yeah the pacing of this movie is horrendous uh the wood scene the one that you're talking about right uh, just now it, it is I, I just felt like it would never end and yeah there, it's like back to back to back yeah there are moments where i actually did appreciate it and the choreography is nice at times but i actually think the problem with it comes from editing uh camera just camera shake like camera close-ups, like way too close. Can't see what's happening. Um, and I, okay, I'm not familiar with Takasakaguchi's work. Uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of research. Uh, it seems like he's done much better things, mostly in the B movie range. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if this is truly his last movie, according to IMDb, oh man, that's a. His, what do you mean his last movie? Like so, according to IMDb, it's allegedly his last movie uh, ever. No, no, that's that's insane. no. He he just finished wrapping a new movie. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, well, someone's wrong. Yeah. All four people who found this interesting are wrong. <laughs> uh, you know what? How about this? The, the best summary of this movie is because uh, after looking into this movie, I found that people were pretty flipped on how people how they felt on this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have been saying it's kind of like John Wick or they get vibes of Metal Gear, like all the things that we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Other people have been saying, too. Uh, but the opinions on this movie are very mixed. Oh know? yeah, I was and, I was looking at that too. Like you see either high praise or people just like completely like hating what they what they saw. Guess which one we are. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I feel I'm in the middle because I do not like this movie. I like the I like a lot of the um, I like a lot of the work that went into the choreography. I just don't think it's visually displayed in a way that's pleasing to like general moviegoers. Mm. and i don't and i don't mean that as a whole there are a few mo there are a few fight scenes that i really really like but then it, it's how things are broken up and how like oh man like it, it, it the movie is just kind of all over the place i like yeah. i i'm definitely in the middle though like i can mm-hmm. see everything that's wrong with this but i like the tactical fighting so much that like it you know it it it, it was like almost there it could have been there but i know it's not well um, i'm I, I want to say that it, it wasn't almost there, but it, you know, if they utilize the choreography better then yeah. And, and also fixed up a lot of the problems, then yes, you know, obviously we could have a much better film, but I think the best way to sum up the, 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 the complete polar opposites of opinions online about this movie is there's two reviews. One, the title is best talk since death stand a uh, death trance mm-hmm. and then that's an eight out of ten uh-huh. and then we have de- best talk since death strand question mark question mark question mark <laughs> one out of ten <laughs> i'm like i am that one out of ten like, i don't fucking understand this um well i couldn't even it, make it through death trance uh i got so bored with that movie i'm just gonna have to rewatch the i'm just gonna have to go through and just watch the fights because i just i couldn't do it i had to i had to tap out <laughs> right so um yeah, I want I want to definitely delve into the characterization of the main character, and that's my one of my biggest issues with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's boring. This movie's incredibly difficult to sit through, and but you know I don't I can't even hate the movie. It's not like I, I came out of this loathing the film. I just I'm like I, I don't remember what I just watched. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not memorable. Like I I also like. One, I was nodding off. Like, I'm at home, so, like, I took every excuse to pause the movie and <laughs> leave so I can, like, take a breath and be like, okay, there are better movies out there. You can do this. Right. So, <laughs> the movie, or at least the story writers, they kind of acknowledge that, yeah, you can't just have this invincible main character. You need to give him something to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's the quote-unquote uncle of this little girl who, sure. you know, who gets kidnapped. Sure, that's our, you know, that's our driving motivation for the end. The issue, as, which happens a lot with these kind of problematic uh, story points, is like we don't care about his relationship with this girl. Like We don't care about him. I mean, the, gr- yes. the girl's cute, sure, but like, if you don't have a connection where we like him for taking care of the girl, then we don't care about him going to rescue her, you know? Yeah, just for me, it'd be a little nitpick. But, but this actually is a problem. I feel like there's things in the movie that don't add to the movie. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, in the beginning of the movie, uh, when we're introduced to the little girl, she picks up a dead cat off the road and buries it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that has nothing that has nothing to do with her character. 
Because she's not like that at all. It's like it's, it has no bearings on on like the kind of person she is. Right. She right. just did it for no reason. And it's like <laughs> we just added five minutes of movie for no reason. And like I, little things like that would add up. Actually, well, uh, that dead cat that was a metaphor for you as the viewer. And she was, <laughs> and she carried you to the beach and she buried you in the sands. It felt like roadkill watching this film, man. <laughs> Uh, and then how about how about the guy in the wheelchair, huh? Oh yeah, what the fuck was he about? Kenji was his name, or the character's name was Kenji. I don't remember. Uh, apparently, characters. I paid attention more attention than you did. Yeah, well, I watched this like a while ago, and I mm-hmm. knew I wanted to talk about it, but I knew mm-hmm. I did not want to watch the movie again. Yeah, <laughs> you knew I would hate it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, uh, yeah, like the, the the wheelchair character like is completely useless uh, in terms of like what he does for the plot, right? Yeah. Uh, I, it's weird because like later in the movie they go through a flashback where they show the same exact scene with him in it <laughs> and then and it's like why did you show this to me again we just saw this like 20 minutes ago only to introduce a blade that the main character uh, right, uses right. Like yeah, a serrated blade uh, uh, well, karambit. A, a karam- oh yeah it was karambit I wasn't yeah, sure it was. if it was mm-hmm. yeah the karambit but like he he unfolds it as if it's some sort of like mythical weapon that he hasn't used in forever. And I I went back to watch the fight scenes. Apparently, he did use it early in the film, like much much earlier. Like it's basically sandwiched. Like he played he uses it in the very beginning and he uses it at the end. But you know, it feels like we didn't have enough exposure to it in the very beginning, so that when he actually gets the starts using the weapon again, it's like what the fuck is that? I it's like it feels like the first time you ever saw it. It's like there's I'm no pretty positive when he gets that weapon it's the first time like he he does use like makeshift weapons in the beginning i don't know if maybe yep. i'm seeing it wrong or maybe you're seeing it wrong but i'm pretty positive when he gets the karambit that's the first time he, he gets it all right well you know what let's 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 go into the action then because the first f- fight scene it's not really a fight scene it's more so, like a stealth so, kills. Right. So there so I just wanted to say like there are a bunch of fights before the woods fights mm-hmm. and they're just they're just so short. Uh, I feel like we don't have to we don't really need to delve into them too much. Mm-hmm. Um but True. yeah, because because they're because they're so short it's hard to really break down what's going on because it's just like, oh, well this happened, you know. Sure. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's good because then I don't have to fucking talk about them. <laughs> Uh, but in the first fight, uh, or not not non-fight, because it's essentially uh, Metal Gear uh, Flaccid takes on takes down a bunch of dudes in this warehouse, and uh, one of the methods that he does he kills all these guys is with a karambit. Mm-hmm. And I it, I don't think that's Takasakaguchi's character. It is not. I think that was no. It is not it, his not. character. It's Correct. the other dude. It's Abyss. <laughs> it's Abyss. So during we'll so during so later. during the course of this movie. There mm-hmm. is this secondary villain who is kind of stalking Takasakaguchi's character. Like mm-hmm. it turns out they have this backstory together and he's just like obsessed with killing him. So yeah. like in and out of the the main plot, he kind of just starts weaving his way in and you get a little bit of his backstory. And this opening is just to show that like yeah, he's he's taking out this this like uh this uh, army team like that's random, yeah. They're doing like training drills or something. Right, right. Well, yeah. So yeah, there we we just we're to establish Abyss, who doesn't show up until halfway through a movie. Mm-hmm. So that's not how you start a movie, but okay. Um, but then when we get introduced to Taxi Gucci, a lot of what he does is just like hide in plain sight with 
uh, you know, being in the village with, with his family or, well, with his, his niece, I guess. Uh, and, you know, like anytime there's sort of some sort of confrontation, uh, he always plays it off as if it, it was a... It was completely doesn't phase him whatsoever. Right. You know, like an assailant will come out, like a couple assailants will come at him with knives or shivs and, you know, attack him. And, you know, he'll, he'll kind of brush it off as if it was nothing and easily dispatching them without, without breaking a sweat. And he'll just continue walking, you know, nonchalantly. And that's, if you, okay, this is me being kind of disparaging. If you are like a 13-year-old boy, you would find that cool. <laughs> like, wow, he's that kind of guy who walks away from explosions <laughs> and doesn't look back. I'm like, that, you know, that, that coolness factor becomes lame after a while. Right. And that's the way I look at it. Yeah, so to, to go against that a little bit, like when you introduce a character like that, like I don't, I don't mind that because you're, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of setting expectations. The problem, the, and, and so for me, like, I, I kind of enjoyed that kind of stuff because it was very short and to the point. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that when he's just invincible throughout, when, it's cons- when he's just consistently invincible, you start to lose that feeling of like, oh, well, why would I root for this guy when he's just going to win because he's so great at everything? Yeah, uh, when the, the driving force behind all these uh, conference... See, okay... The, the driving force behind all these things isn't motivated by anything that's really feels like there's a lot at stake, right? So, okay, I'm thinking about, I'm drawing a lot of parallels between this movie and John Wick 3 because uh, in the first third of the movie, uh, basically the first act, uh, it, it, it's exactly like Parabellum, which is a, a, when a bunch of uh, a bunch of hitmen go and attack John Wick almost, almost simultaneously. And, you know, like the... John Keanu Reeves is defending himself, you know, but he's, you can see that he's struggling. Yeah. He's great, mm-hmm. but he's struggling. And, you know, and, and there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of uh, weight to it. Here, like, it, it's so scattered. It feels like there's no, there's nothing to this. And after a certain point, he's just like, I'm, it, it feels like he's not, he's trying to find a, an out out of this, not because he's, he's stressed or he's fatigued or he's tired of being chased down. It just feels like he's annoyed. <laughs> and that's, that's that, not what I want in a movie. Right. That, that's an interesting way to put it. Um, I mean, I think story-wise, he, he's, he needs to save the niece. I think that's, that's basically it. Right. But the character has no emotion throughout the whole film. Yeah. So when we finally get to the wood scene, which is uh, the, dry, the beginning of the end for him, where, where he actually goes out of his way to try to end the, end the madness, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it doesn't feel like he actually wants to do it because he legit wants his family to be safe. It seems like, oh, another one? I'm so tired of these. Fucking, like, every day? <laughs> well, I mean, that's just the failure on the script, you know? Like, we, we don't... Yeah, we don't care. That's, that's the issue. Yeah. We, the, the story is basically, like, this, this group of people are just trying to get him, and so they steal his niece for leverage. But, like, yep. yeah, we just don't care about any of these characters. And... So they kind of try to give him some sort of personality. Like, I, I think they're trying to show that he has some sort of PTSD because he does go to a therapist. But all that mm-hmm. stuff, it's, it's, it's just the dialogue is really boring. It's, it's not really revealing anything new or interesting. So yep. it, it's, yeah, we just don't like this guy or, or, or particularly care for him. You know, a lot of that could be remedied with comedy, I think. This movie <laughs> sorely needs some comedy because a lot of this is so dry and takes itself way too seriously. Dry is a great word. Yeah, this movie is very yeah. dry. 
<laughs> it's drier than the fucking sake that I see some of the characters drinking. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, like uh, we'll just touch upon really quickly without even got going to detail about you know certain scenes, you know, uh, action scenes in the movie. I'm not sure if I call them fight scenes. You know, there's the fight in the the what the street, the middle of the street, where he well, it's not even street. Uh, a fight is just a exchange of bullets. See, I uh, see. I like this as an introduction to his ability because it's this is mm-hmm. you know it's the first time we meet this character and he's showing off what he can do. Yeah, right. yes, he's dodging bullets, but see, I I don't mind the bullet dodging here because he's actually weaving in and out of people, or he's like bumping people out of the way, and we're getting react. You know, we're getting uh, things near him getting shot so it, mm-hmm. yes it's unrealistic but it does feel kind of neat like oh wow okay he's anticipating where this guy is going to shoot him so he's like like he's like secretly battling this uh this assailant who is trying to shoot him from in like plain sight. in plain sight yeah so i, I think yeah. i think that stuff is really neat like i liked this scene because it's like him uh very nonchalantly like making his way towards the guy as he like <laughs> you know he disarmed this girl he's like dismantling the gun and then he uses the the fucking clip as a mm-hmm. as a propellant for a pen <laughs> to ultimately like <laughs> shoot the guy in the neck with a pen like it, it's mm-hmm. so simple like I, I i actually did like this scene i thought it was fine it, in you know in when the when the the assailant eventually dies you look back in the background and the the character that talk killed initially is no longer there Oh, the girl. She just descend- the, the the girl disappeared. Oh yeah, and she dissolved. Yeah, I mean like that. Yeah, she just dissolved like a like a video game character, right. like an NPC. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm actually okay with it. Uh, creatively, it's very creative. Uh, yeah, it, but uh, you know, like in terms of the lo- like logistics of it, you know, if we're going to be talking about like what's real or not, and because we're talking about tactical things. You know, uh, it's amazing that the people around them didn't just like start freaking out as soon as like things started popping and people started, you know, there are holes being penetrated through, through, you know, purses and shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. This movie, there, there's a fine line between like what it's trying to do realistic and then when it goes over that line into, okay, yeah, this, this is really, really unrealistic. Um, yeah. It in in this moment i was i was i was still with the movie i was like okay yes this man can dodge bullets but i think they you know showed it in a way that's that's fine but then later they they start to go further from that line with him literally just like you know sidestepping sniper rounds and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> i i, like, I i'm how not on earth you. are you detecting how how on earth can you predict a sniper bullet exactly see no, you can't you can't and it, so the, the thing that really interests me about the um like the behind the scenes of this film is like when you watch the uh when you watch like the making of featurettes or whatever with um <clears throat> with the um what you call it the action choreographer like he breaks down like uh the reason why and it's not in English, so I'm assuming that this is kind of what he's saying based on uh, context. He's saying that like you can kind of predict uh, what somebody's going to do based on their initial movement. So he was kind of showing how like based on somebody's uh, you know like movement of their leg, oh this is how they're going to throw a knife swipe, or like based on their uh, how they slightly move their arm, this is how they're going to try to shoot you. And so sure. you're reacting first compared to that. And I thought, okay, cool, that's that that makes sense to me. The problem is we're never explained that in the film. We just have to assume mm-hmm. all this. So like, like I like 
I like all the stuff that's going on that went into the making of this movie. I think when it comes down to like showing us it, like, you know, we have to jump to so many conclusions because we're just yeah. not shown enough. Right. Yeah. That is there, is that considered irony that a man who just said show don't tell actually struggles with show don't tell uh, when it comes to the, uh, you know, like displaying the tactical elements of you know, like martial combat in a, you know, a, a military setting. Uh, I, I think that's an issue uh, because, you know, like a lot of the times I just feel like the, the main character just goes into ultra instinct and just dodges things be- just because it doesn't feel like he actually planned anything out. He just he just dodged a lot of the times in, in the woods. You know, we're jumping ahead, but uh, he'll he'll dodge a bullet because the sniper or whoever is, sh- is shooting at him just happens to miss him. Right. Like just by, by random luck. That's not skill. <laughs> There's no tactics involved in that. It just it was just luck. Right. Yeah. That the the whole snipe dodging sniper rounds. I think that's definitely the worst offender. Uh, like because we we kind of get it. You know, like okay, uh, if somebody's holding a gun, maybe you can anticipate you know the angle of their arm. When they show us a sniper hidden under camouflage, there's no way he could have known that. So you know, it, right. that that completely takes you out of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um... So we get into our like second scene. Well, I I, I think that's noteworthy in the alleyway. Yeah. It's short yes. where mm-hmm. he takes out a bunch of people, and this is where we get introduced to his his uh his neck thing. He does. He has this. Yeah, it's it's like a constant left and right movement with your shoulder blades. He, it looks yeah. like he's dancing. He's doing he's the wave. doing the wave with by himself. Right. Right. <laughs> And so, uh, again, in the behind the scenes, uh, they they have an explanation for this. It's, oh, please it's, so tell it's me. Not, so it's not in English. So I, I'm making a lot of, uh, you know, assumptions. But so the guy was saying, like, um, if you are stiff, like, it's, it's harder to do certain movements than when you're loose. So, like, he was showing when, like, uh, if somebody was grabbing his arm, like, if he was, like, if he were to just pull with his muscle was tight, he would not have as much strength as if he loosened up because... Loosening up would do something. I for, I forget what. Okay. Well, like, if that's true, I don't think this movie has a good application of all mm-hmm. that. Yes, there is grappling in the movie, but it's not. It's actually used kind of sparingly. I, I didn't really see um, too much grappling, actually. Well, not not like floor grappling, but you know, sometimes I care, yeah, this guy takes down a bunch of uh, assailants just by like hurling them to the ground. You know, like he blocks a move and then just chucks them to the the, the floor or something mm-hmm. like that. I guess that's the closest we get to uh, grappling in this movie. Uh, I guess that's a that's one way of looking at it, but like I just feel like that's never explained why he does that, and it gets progressively worse <laughs> in the way that they apply this. Right, right, yeah. Do you follow? No, what I, mean? I, I know what you mean. So, like, I don't mind that he has this kind of very weird movement to him because it is visually distinct. The problem mm. is towards the end of the movie, he is going like overboard with this movements and it looks like he's doing the monkey <laughs> oh yeah and it doesn't help that the sound editor decided to add sound oh effects my god to it. it's it sounds like he's like crunching bones or like pudding no. not pudding like what wet bones what yeah bones. it's like a wet crunching noise like it sounds like you can hear the the bones cracking underneath the muscle so when he's like kind of moving his shoulders and his shoulder blades left to right you just you yep. just hear it. That's how you know he's like activated his you know his his ultra instinct. 
No, but that's the, I don't know if they the director thought that would be a cool addition because it just makes it look just makes it seem dumber. Right. So <laughs> I I'm I was trying to think of it from like a technical aspect aspect and I I think I understand. It's like yes, don't tighten up. You know, like don't tighten up and be loose. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm like jumping to large conclusions here, and I, I, I and also make a lot of noise with your shoulders. <laughs> And I, and I think, like, I kind of get it. Like, yes, you need to be loose and you can't be tight. You have to be very, you know, kind of fluid. And yep. that, so that makes a lot of sense to me. I think when we see what he's doing visually on screen, the problem is it looks kind of silly, even though there probably is some sort of, you know, proper application mm-hmm. to what he's doing. It, it just kind of looks cheesy. It kind of looks like he's, he's kind of dancing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, we can, we can dive into that even more when we get to the mm-hmm. woods. But, you know, the way he takes out the last guy in this alleyway, I had to watch this like five mm-hmm. times because I don't I don't even know how he did it. You know, because that guy takes out a cell phone knife. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and he, he, you know, you see it in a close up that he, he goes for the, the strike. And then because either the speed or the cuts are just, you know, or, or the framing of it is just all out of all out of whack. I don't know how Takasakiguchi disarms him. Mm. Yeah, eventually he 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 puts him in a headlock. Yeah, a headlock chokehold, uh, and he just he just slices his 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 neck. But I, I I'm like going frame by frame, and I can't tell the moment when he grabs the 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 knife out of his hand. Right. And that's that's not just a this moment thing. This happens a lot throughout the movie. I like things are out of frame, and I can't see what's happening. Mm. I just have to assume, I mean, you can assume very safely that the hero will make it out, you know, unscathed. So one, of, so I, I was kind of mentioning this earlier. One of the, like, one of the really impressive things, but also detriments to this movie is how fast the performers are moving. So there's a lot of times where they're performing extremely fast knife movements. And mm-hmm. yes, from a technical uh, perspective, you need, you, you need to be that fast. From a cinematic perspective, you know, and they're, if they're shooting at 24 frames per second, our eyes can't always catch this. So there's a, there's a few yeah. moments where I had to just rewatch uh, fight combinations a lot because I know they were, they were performing these really fast and I just, I couldn't see it. But I knew, I, I liked a lot of the stuff that was fast and that um, was happening on screen, but it's, the problem is that it's, it is too fast. Uh, I remember when we were talking about the um, fucking Kiss of the Dragon episode, how um, in one of the fights when we were watching behind the scenes, we can clearly see that they were doing the moves really slow. And then like they were kind of speeding it up to, um, you know, kind of make it look normal speed, but just like a little faster. It, mm-hmm. it, it's like you can't you can't do full speed with with some movements because our eyes can't you know, we can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like old even old Hong Kong cinema, like understood how important it is to be able to see what's happening. You know, because yeah, of course, it's it's impressive if the actors, the performers, can actually do the things on in real time. That's great and all, but cinematically, you know, like you have to work with what you got. And if your if your cameras can't capture a lot of the movements, you gotta you gotta slow that shit mm-hmm. down. And um, you know, and it feels at, at times like I watch this movie, and it almost feels like a home movie. I don't know what it is. You know, it could be the uh, the frame rate. It, it doesn't always feel like twenty four frames a second. They, you can you can see um, there's a few times in the woods where they go to digital handheld cams. It's probably it's probably yeah. just maybe they didn't have all you know as many film cameras or something like that. But yeah, you can see like for for certain right. shots it goes digital. Yeah. 
You know what? After rewatching the convenience store, the the uh, the fight here, I don't even think it's worth it. <laughs> he takes he takes out <laughs> like, he takes know, out guys in the convenience store. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's it's not interesting. And you know, okay, this is where I'm gonna go to flaw number fifty seven sure. uh, with this movie. Um, the kills start getting repetitive. Mm-hmm. They're they don't they're not varied enough where it's interesting. It's not like you know he found a new way of taking a guy out. Sure, maybe from a practical standpoint, like slashing a guy's throat or snapping his neck is probably the best way of killing someone, which I'm not entirely sure because I don't think snapping your neck, the neck is a real thing. Uh, I think there was a, a myth, a busted myth thing going on with that one. But anyways, uh, yeah, assuming that's real, uh, snapping necks and slashing throats are the two most used methods of killing right. in this movie. And it's not varied enough throughout the film and it starts getting a little boring (laughs) to see him kill a bunch of easily disposable people with the same method over and over and over and you know in even things that you know i thought would be nice change of paces like him throwing a sidekick or uh, or a back kick it's like i've seen that already (laughs) show me something else and it's like a common complaint with me uh, with with this movie there's there's it's like i've seen this already can we move on and or uh, just make something or do something that I haven't right. seen. Right. Yeah. I, and because every fight's like that, Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, they try, you can see that they try. I think the problem is they don't, they don't hone in on the, anything that's unique. So yes, in this grocery store fight, um, he's still slashing throats. Like one of the things they try to do is he breaks a bottle. He breaks the bottom of a glass bottle off. And so he uses that as a weapon. It's like, okay, different, but he's still slicing it. Out. Okay. Repetitive. There is a moment I do like where he, um, he has like a knife and, and what happens is the guy, uh, points the gun at him and it, it's an interesting thing that they should have focused on. But, uh, so he jabs the knife down into, I guess, where the uh, where the round uh, is ejected of the gun, and that causes it to stop from firing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. The problem is we don't hone in on that, so I didn't notice it. I had to watch it a few times. So I was like, oh, okay, that's what's going on, because it's just like such a throwaway move. But I think something like that is more interesting than everything else that we got. All right. Yeah, that's a good application of slow mo. You know that if they completely missed, you know, they, you know like cause sometimes you slow down the action so that the audience can capture what just happened, mm-hmm. you know, because I know in the earlier fight scenes, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll throw in slow-mo for a judo throw, mm-hmm. but like not an impressive judo throw. It's just like, oh, uh, the abyss tripped the guy. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't need to see that in slow-mo. The movie's slow enough. <laughs> I want to talk about the phone booth yeah. fight because that is also a big missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, missed opportunity is the perfect way to describe it. Like I like this fight. It is just so freaking short. <laughs> it's short and well, you know what it made me think of? It made me think of um the Michael Lambert fight in uh uh Danny the Oh, Dog. that confined space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like that that's a great usage of confined space. Mm-hmm. Like sh- well, I mean obviously this is even smaller cuz it's a phone booth and also why is there a phone booth in 2016? But whatever. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's two people fighting in this tiny cramped space. And, uh, you know, you could make the excuse that, oh, well, you can't have a close-up in a tight space. Bullshit. It's clear. It's a clear yeah, phone yeah. booth. And you, you can you tell. You can get all the angles right, you want. And you can tell that they probably did remove panes at certain point, like glass panes at certain points, so they could get those close-up shots. And then they they have this great downward shot that's definitely coming from inside the phone booth. So they you know mm-hmm. they they could do it. 
I think my problem is that this is just too short. Like, he disposes of yeah. this assassin way too easily. But I love the idea of fighting in a phone booth. I don't know if I've seen that before. Like, a full-fledged, like, brawl between two people just, like, going at it in this extremely, extremely tiny space. Yeah, the yeah. The, the closest yeah. thing I could think of is, yeah, when Danny the dog, when um, Jet Li's fighting the guy in, in the, like, the bathroom stall. Right, right. Well, guess how this ends, too. Um, With the slash in the slash neck. neck. Yeah. How did you guess? Well, so they changed it up because he first wraps he first wraps the phone cord around her neck. Eh? Eh? See, this is why you can't get rid of phone get rid of phone booths, landlines. Because you know, you never know when someone's gonna attack you and you need to use the cord to defend yourself. Oh, but I will say, uh so yes, he slashes the woman's neck, but then he fucking shoves her face into the glass. Oh and that's really the actress, and I was like, ooh. Nope. Yep. Uh, she she kind of deserved it, I guess. I don't know. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Well, okay. Now, once we get to the what fifty minute mark of the movie, fifty. Minute it is. Mark. Yeah, it's the fifty From, minute mark when we that when this whole blown full blown woods fight action scene happens. Yeah. This from the from fifty minutes on to I guess like you have once you get the fifty minute mark, you have forty five minutes left of just. It's weird for me to say this. It's non-stop action. No, no, no. It's not non-stop action. It's it's just uh, incessant action. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's action. It's not right. non-stop, but it'll it'll keep coming, and you just you're like, can it fucking yeah. be over? So, already? so the problem here is that it. I that I think the, for me the problem is that it's not non-stop. I think if they just. Mm-hmm. I think if they just uh, chained all these action like moments together, like one by one by one by one by one, without all the slow pacing in between, I probably wouldn't like, okay, cool. Well, at least now the pacing is up, you know? Now we're just getting nonstop <laughs> right. action until the end. But the problem is, we'll, I mentioned this before, we just, we'll just get small bursts of little things happening, like him disposing of a few men or his two sidekicks kind of taking care of some guys. And then it'll go to more soldiers, um, you know, moving forward in the woods, oh, more more people oh, advancing. Yeah. Those, those soldier moments, like when he's taking out all these really small henchmen, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care, like even the slightest. It, it's they're so easily disposable, uh, and it, it, and like you said before, it's so quick that like it 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 just starts becoming like like Mario stomping on Goombas. It's like yeah, like you don't you don't. It's not like you, you go back and like, oh, shit, we need to see that again. It's like, no, he just fucking stomped on the Goomba and then, and walked mm-hmm. away. It's like, I, I don't even care about the choreography at a certain point because it, it's also another problem is you know, it, it's repetitive that he, he kills a lot of them with the same movements. So, you know, grab him by the, grab him, put him in a uh, in an arm lock and just neck. Okay, grab another guy, put him in an arm lock, slash his neck. And we have like 45 minutes of this shit. He <laughs> takes out a bunch of people in camouflage, like faceless, faceless men right. in the woods. And it just goes on and on and on. And I, I, after a certain point, I started giggling to myself. Like I was starting to lose my sanity. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, because isn't that the definition of insanity? Is like you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different. Right. This is what this fucking... This fucking war scene is in the in the woods. Yeah, this this whole moment needed a lot of editing because I think what's there is not bad. If, as I mentioned, if you just chained it all together, happening extremely consistently, like one after the other, 
uh, it would have just built momentum and we could have been like, okay, yeah, this is now the big action moment. And you're just going through everything like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh God. Again, I grab another guy and just yeah. slash him in the neck. I, I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. If you were to, if you made a drinking game out of every time you slashes some guy in the neck, Ooh, actually that'd be, that, you, that'd be a pretty good idea. <laughs> no, you, you, well, I mean, I wouldn't even do that. Like that's a waste of alcohol. Because like why would you get drunk off of this movie so many other movies you could watch um you know I, I, i'm just gonna fucking jump forward to the the actual fight i like but wait wait before i do uh there are moments when uh the sidekick characters are shooting their guns oh yeah uh, and killing a bunch of henchmen mm-hmm. as a as a former motion graphics designer i gotta say whoever the fucking muzzle fl- uh the muzzle the the, the camera shake mm-hmm. is a fucking amateur it looks so fake and it, it's so jarring you know, like every time they fire their bullets, and yeah. this has happened throughout the movie you know, mm-hmm. but from this point on. Anytime they fire the bullets, the camera shakes, but it looks so so synthetic and so digital. It, it, there's no depth to it. It shakes like just for like half a second. Like you got to really make that have like reverb to it. You really got to make the camera like shake more. It feels like they, they didn't know how to wiggle that, to add that wiggle effect just right enough. And, and like it happens quite, quite enough. It just it just feels like you know really low. It adds like a low budget feel to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, okay, I will say that, that's the, my tiny nitpick. There is, there is a, uh, there there are a few legit fights in in this whole uh, um, like woods fight scene. And the one that I thought was very interesting was when the sidekick, one of the sidekick characters, fights a little boy. Is it a little boy? Yeah, that is a child. <clears throat> Uh, are you talking about the the one who eventually gets the bomb on their yeah. on their body? That's a boy. I thought that was a girl. Well, I don't know <laughs> if it's a boy or girl, but that is a child or a teenager. Uh-huh. And I was oh, okay. and I was actually kind of impressed that probably throughout the most of the fight that it is that actor or actress. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I thought it was a little uh, boy. It doesn't matter. In the in, in 2020, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> uh yeah, actually, I was gonna get to that eventually. It was uh, the highlight of this movie was the scene with her in it or him in it? Um, Just say the kid. You know, the, the kid. The yeah. kid. The, the kid's choreography was actually pretty impressive. Yeah, he's swinging uh, around this giant machete. He's like spinning around on the ground, and he's surprisingly able to take out this full-grown man and doing yeah. some, you know, doing some pretty cool movements. Doing like a neck lock with his leg, and mm-hmm. and it's you know what's kind of funny about this scene is that. Uh, he's not strong enough to like penetrate him with a machete <laughs> after stabbing the guy in the back multiple times. So the guy's still alive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, he gets stabbed in the back like 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 these very vicious, uh, uh, you know, vicious moves. And then he like slices his like he like slices his neck like the the one of the supporting characters' necks get sliced. And then for, like as soon as the the kid starts walking away. The supporting character grabs the kid's ankle and is like, "You, you're never gonna get away with this." I'm like, "Motherfucker, you're supposed to be dead." <laughs> so that's like, what I mean. Like, I, th- I think that he wasn't strong enough to like really kill him with all these swipes. So no, that's like, why I I'm alive. surprised he could even talk because <laughs> he got his throat slashed. He got his throat slashed like three times. They, yeah. they show it in. The, they hold on the shot of him getting his throat slashed. Yeah, it's so dumb. And he dies by a puncture through the neck. Yes, one yeah. one last time. Yeah, one one last time. And you know, like I like that they set up this kid as if he's going to be, or like the kid's going to be some sort of um, you know, threat to the main character. Nope, 
Not even close. Well, that was so. That, so that was so funny though. So yes, like the the kid has pretty good choreography, and he's able to take out you know the sidekick. But then when the main character fights him, he can't move him. Like the kid is like trying to throw him. He's trying to kick him. He's just like. Mm. And then uh, Tak Sakaguchi literally just kind of like pushes him over. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And and, so, yeah, I like the I like the way that he defeat uh, defuses the whole situation literally by defusing the bomb <laughs> in a split second decision. Yes. Well, <laughs> like that oh I'm my sure God! That's how bomb this I, I burst out laughing. So so basically, the kid realizes that he is not strong enough to do anything against Tak Sakaguchi. So he he you know pulls open his his jacket to reveal that he's you know he has a suicide vest on or a mm-hmm. bomb on his on in his vest, and he and he runs towards him hoping to detonate, and then you realize that talk you know cut the wire really quickly. This movie's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 just like it just straddles a line of being like yeah okay I get it you want to show off real tactical uh, tactical uh, maneuvers, but also you you can also defuse a bomb by just hitting any like cutting all the wires that's totally how bomb the diffusal works yes that that is exactly how it works uh, yeah yeah uh, and, uh, i'm not gonna talk about all these there's really no point he beats a bunch of people in the woods how about that let's just let's just leave it as that no no so uh, there there are two more fights that i like in the woods actually really yeah so there's a moment where he fights um this man and a woman who are both armed with knives and mm-hmm. the reason why i like this is because um it just so finally like the camera isn't so bad here like it's it's you know it's active but it's not super shaky and what's going on is like he's using the the trees that are between him and the two characters and he's kind of weaving in and out and i like that when like they try to stab at him he's like kind of ducking behind the trees and they're trying to shoot him and then at the same time they're trying to stab at him and there's this really really great moment where and it's it's crazy because it happens so fast like i watched it over and over and over and over again so this moment where the guy stabs at him and extremely quickly he disarms him he takes a knife out of his hand what happens is the woman takes a swipe at him he deflects the swipe which causes her to stab the other guy and then he quickly goes for the neck and then pins her against the tree this happens i guess what he does yeah i guess what he does to her this this set of comment this this set of choreography it happens so fast it's extremely impressive it's hard to catch though like i i like little moments like these but I, I had to watch it on loop like over and over again because I was like, I like what I saw. I just, my, you know, my brain can't register it because it was just so fast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's where slow-mo could have came in, mm-hmm. in handy. But, but see, this thing, <sighs> the thing is like, I don't, I don't mind that it was not in slow-mo. Like I can appreciate like little bursts of energy like this because it's extremely impressive. But the, the problem is like, this is like one of the few moments where I feel it was uh, shot well where I could actually see what was going on. And the problem was not uh, not the staging, was more that my eyes, you know, couldn't catch every frame. Right, right, right. right. Well, I mean, that's, that, that's not your fault. That's I think that's the, a fault of direction of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you can't, if your eyes can't catch it, don't don't blame yourself. That's more like that's, that's the, you know, like, they should have done something to improve that. You know, maybe they, they should have staged it better. Right. Maybe they should have slowed down the action. Right. So, so, so what I'm saying is, like, I actually don't mind that my eyes can't catch it because, like, I I could see the big movements to under kind of understand what was going on. It, it it's something that made me appreciate how fast they were moving. So it made me want to go back and rewatch it. 
Right, right. Well, okay, got it. I, I, I feel like I understand. However, uh, you know, uh, if you're not like you, you and I, if you're the listener likes to just watch it one time and like be able to absorb everything without having to go back and play back the action over and over, you want to be able to capture and appreciate the action for what it is. You know, like just just one through one one sitting. Of course, we like to analyze shit, mm-hmm. so we're gonna do that that constant replay of of what we just saw, just to you know, like really appreciate what the performers can do. But I, I feel like all those components together weren't mixed properly, and you know, like in, in terms of like creativity, like there's there's plenty here, but you know, like editing, the, the camera shake, all those things I said before, kind of ruin it for me. <laughs> So well, uh, I was gonna. So did you want to move on? Because like I did like one more fight in here. Actually, are we talking about the hatchet fights? Yes. Oh, I don't like that. that? (laughs) I I like that actually. No, I like Uh, I like it from a tactical perspective because what's going on is like how do you fight? You know, one versus many. You know, like you can't let them encircle you. So what what's going on is he's taking guys usually two at a time. He's holding them by knife point at the neck, and he's getting behind him so that you know guys aren't gonna shoot at him. And so yeah. he, you know, he's using them as shields and he kind of does this a few times. And I, and I like that because it's, it's, you know, it's kind of telling a story like, okay, he realizes that there are men with guns, so he can't dodge all of their bullets at the same time. That would be crazy. Yeah. So he need, you know, from a tactical advantage, he's creating human shields. And I thought, okay, that's great. That's really cool. Right. Well, my problem with it is actually the a recurring problem you have with a one versus many fight, which is. I don't feel like he's utilizing his uh, utilizing his human shields properly when uh, for defending himself because a lot of the opponents that he uh, that are you know encircling him are not covering the entire 360 around right. him. They're all just doing 180. I'm like, why are they doing that? That's so like short sighted. Yeah, yes, he's technically he's using the tree behind him to cover his back. However, like you, you can clearly see there are openings, right? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. to his, his defenses, and it's like he can't, he, like, whenever as soon as he moves, he he he's a sitting duck, uh, and you know, like he he does it. He, it's funny because I was like, okay, that's clever. I gave it one pass because he did the one time he held two human shields up, and then he he he, he kills the two human shields, and he grabs two more people right. and pulls them in, and he goes into the exact same stance as he did before. I'm like. Oh fuck! This is fucking Groundhog Day <laughs> for for martial arts movies. It's like I just saw this. Like I'm tired of this. Well, and that's like a recurring problem for me. I'm like I'm tired of seeing the same shit. Right. Well, so so the thing I do like though, what's going on here is they do try to shoot at him, and what ends up happening is he keeps on dodging by you know using the two shields and like pulling them into the line of the gunfire sight, and he does this like he dodges in and out. And what happens is the, uh, you know, the, the army guys or whomever, the bad guys, they start to realize, shit, stop shooting at him. We're just killing each other because he's getting out of the way. And somebody actually verbally says that. They say, stop shooting him. Use your knives. And I was like, ah, that's great. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. I, I, I generally didn't like the usage of these weapons, uh, n- not only to pull in enemies to, to, uh, to use them as shields, but I, I just didn't feel like they were... Uh, they weren't applied in a way that I thought thought was uh, visually impressive, you know. Um, and this is also uh, the same movie that uses a shovel earlier in the movie as a weapon, mm-hmm. which I also was expecting that to be utilized in a more visually interesting way. Nope. Yeah, the sho- the shovel is very forgettable. I don't. Know, for for me personally, I do like this because 
So one of the things I didn't mention is the the fighting style that they're using in this movie. I'm pretty sure they're implementing a lot of elements of Filipino knife fighting because you can like Kali. yeah Kali you can see a lot of um, uh, wrist grabs with the knife lacerations to the joints and whatnot and pulling and, and pulling the the person closer using the blade and uh, that was one thing I really liked and I think that's effective when you use like hatchets and then the karambit. Um, mm-hmm. I I yeah I I didn't mind this fight I actually I actually I feel like I do like this fight a lot. I think what ends up happening is uh, what what we what we realize is there's even more guys more guys to come like. And the illusion of him being able to take out multiple enemies is lost because, um, sure, you know, like, as you mentioned, like, you can kind of see people don't always fully surround him. So you're thinking, okay, why, uh, why don't they just dogpile him? In, in this moment, mm-hmm. I could kind of forgive it because he was, you know, he had the guys up by their necks and he's, you know, potentially using the shield. So maybe they're like, okay, uh, maybe don't shoot. It's in the next portion of this fight where he starts beating people up, and then you clearly see guys just uh, standing in the. Oh yeah, they're just waiting the their turns. That's yeah. where the illusion gets broken for me. Like I liked this fight a lot, and but then when it moves on uh, past this point of it, you're just like, oh shit, those are guys just uh, sitting in the background. <laughs> You know, uh, so you can split that up into two. You know, like everything you said before with the hatchet, sure there's like that part of the the fight but then as soon as he gives up the hatchet he realizes a bunch of people are coming he suddenly becomes all winded and tired i'm like where the fuck did this come from mm-hmm. I, I, I like he was invincible throughout the whole movie and suddenly because the the movie demanded it he needs to show weakness i'm like that is see like that's why i'm starting to <laughs> i feel like i'm being betrayed by the movie i'm like <laughs> you don't even understand your own character like the own world you're building well they needed to bring out the next weapon. <laughs> he like, he literally, feel- you know, shoves the hatchet into the side of a tree, and you're like, "Why would you give up that weapon?" You know, like if this is Streets of Rage, you know, you don't just put a weapon down. <laughs> you know, you keep it until you lose it and it disappears. You know, uh, there's something about his stance. Uh, it's not not the way that his, his his fighting stance. It's just the way that he approaches all all the fights. Is he waits for the opponents to come to him. He never, well, not never, but like he seldom ever like, like advances. Uh, approaches the, the opponent. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like, okay, this is like the most lazy fighter. <laughs> it's, it's not. Oh, like, how, I'm, how many I'm, ways fi- I can I'm, I'm fine with him not advancing. That's okay. That doesn't uh, bother me. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. It's just so many, so many things. It, it's in the end, it's, it's just so many fucking problems. You know, like every once in a while, he'll throw something like a spinning hook kick. Or mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, a, a snap a snap round kick. I'm like, oh, shit, something different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this doesn't happen enough. It, it really doesn't. And, and you know, like, there's only so many times you can see someone slashed in the neck and that before you get really tired of this. So right. I am done talking about the Woods fights. I, I, they're all the fucking same. <laughs> uh, we get flashback scenes. And that, that introduces us to our fight with Abyss, right? You mean so? Are we going to the end? Can we? <laughs> That's well, like there is there is there is a fight in the in the power plant. Uh, you mean with the with Abyss, right? Uh, no. So uh, you know, there's a few moments of action where he's going down the hall and he's like, uh, you know, taking care of some dudes with the help of uh, our sidekick, who I don't even know his name. And oh, then yeah. you know, then he finally saves Nice, right? Yeah. 
And so well, then after he saves Nice, then it goes to like one more fight with like, you know, what's left of the bad guys. Sure. Yeah. And the tech, okay. So in this warehouse that Tak is, is, uh, you know, being a bunch of random Goombas and paratroopers and, uh, you know, a, the Abyss shows up. Oh God, this really is a Metal Gear <laughs> reference. Is he... <laughs> It really does, because like the 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 guy who looks like Hiro Kojima, his name is Abyss, and there's a character in Metal Gear Three. His name is Abyss, I think. Metal Gear Three. Fucking Mark should be here for this. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, so Abyss shows up, and he's also taking down a bunch of dudes, you know, simultaneously. Uh, it's I almost thought- like three sides yeah i thought this was really funny because what's going on is like yeah the character abyss who is like the second bad guy has now joined the fight and the you know the original set of bad guys are like who do we shoot they're like uh just pick a guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically uh so once all the goombas are taken care of it just becomes abyss versus talk now everything about this is wrong (laughs) in my opinion everything about it because uh, it's a, it starts with a knife fight, right? So, but there's a bunch of cargo containers, or not containers. But I don't even know what they're called. They're just like these metal yeah, boxes. You can, yeah, you can say cargo. They're probably cargo containers. Sure, but they're they're playing ring around the rosy around these fucking things, and to try to avoid one another. And it's just like they're playing hide and seek in the middle of a fight scene. And it, it's not interesting. It's kind of silly. It's it's laughable and whatever right. element of suspense that they're trying to to, to, to build up is completely lost. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that's no, like- I I agree that. So you know, usually the last fight, you know, you got to go go big or go home, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is Takasakaguchi, and this is the action choreographer Inagawa. Uh, uh, Inagawa, yeah. yes. And it's it's such a shame because this feels like you let two people just go at it. <laughs> and if you, and when you think about like two people really fighting, you know, it's not constant, constant fighting. There's a lot of times just people kind of dancing around, like waiting yeah, for the fainting, other person to fainting, yeah, waiting for the other. other person to throw the first move. And you know, that's what happens in a real fight. And unfortunately, this fight is too similar to real fights where that you see them kind of dancing in circles and you're waiting for somebody to throw a move. And that's fine in a real fight cinematically that is just kind of boring yeah oh yeah that's incredibly boring uh, you know because uh, when while they still both have the karambits they actually don't throw many hits towards one another in fact most of it's like 90 percent of it is all fainting and it goes on for forever <laughs> like i wouldn't they, even say that it goes on forever like there's a lot of very very fast knife exchanges mm-hmm. Uh, small moments of combinations. I just I wanted it to go longer. I think they were trying to go more realistic in that you know if you're fighting with a knife, you know you're going in and out. Like right. I I can kind of respect that they were trying to make it realistic in that yeah when you're knife fighting you're not staying in there because you're trying to protect yourself from also right. getting cut. Right. So they're just kind of going in and out in and out. But that's like I said that's cinematically that's kind of boring. Like oh, yeah. we we want things to be visually exciting and. Unfortunately, everything is kind of grinded to this really slow pace now with this with this last fight. Oh man, if you thought it was boring when they are fight where they're testing each other's merit merit with the um with the karambits, wait till you get to the moment when they disarm one another and now mm. they're having a hand to hand combat. Now both of them are taking on that very um you know like what you see in you know the Metal Gear games, you know, the the close quarter combat kind of military uh fighting stance. 
you mm-hmm. see that kind of in Krav Maga where it's like open hands. So, and we were talking about before where, you know, you keep your shoulders loose. This is where we get the very, very loud crunching popcorn sound that comes out of <laughs> Sakaguchi's uh, shoulders. And they're, they're both doing it. And this is where... Uh, the difference between um, realistic, uh, like, like cinematic, unrealistic fighting, uh, you know, come clashes with realistic, realistic, uninteresting fighting, right? Because they're they are sissy fighting. <laughs> it, <it's- laughs> it looks like they're sissy fighting. I will say, man, like watch uh, Inagawa, mm-hmm. like he is fucking fast with his combinations. It, it's it's just such a shame because he'll just go in and out. It's it's too realistic of a fight in that like he doesn't stay in it when he advances and throw these punches. So because what would end up ha- happening realistically is they would just go to grappling, and I feel like they don't want to do that here. Ugh. So what happens is he'll throw like this these flurries of combinations of punches that are really really fucking fast, but then he's out, and the problem is the camera sometimes is just obscured by a body or yes. it's not or it's not framed correctly. So you can see the speed. Like there's no denying how fast these guys are. The problem is the camera is like constantly just moving and circling around them. So sometimes it's just, you, you can't, you can't visually see what's happening. Yeah. Well, that, that's my biggest complaint uh, that I was just going to mention was you know, it's obscured. A lot of the action you can't even make out yourself because you know, like uh, the the fucking performers are blocking the fucking moves. <laughs> well this goes on for a while you know, they're, they're, they don't actually land any hits at all for a solid couple, like minute or two mm-hmm. uh, and it's not until uh, later in, in the fight all of a sudden Abyss grabs a hold of uh, Tak's head and starts smashing it through uh, smashing it on the container smashes it through a table and he starts losing the fight this is the first semblance that the, our main character has any sort of weakness right yeah, and he uses the... Uh, so this is something I like, which is something I didn't think I'd say about this movie. Uh, he takes the tactical light and starts flashing it in yes. in his face. Now that's I, something, I love that moment. Well, that's something <laughs> that you actually see. Uh, they do recommend for anyone who takes self-defense is what's the best self-defense uh, you know, scenario is if you have some sort of uh, you know a high uh, high beam, high beam light. you know lights on, on you mm-hmm. you can just shine on someone you know and you know you have an advantage because then they can't see that's great right. that's that's a great tactical thing um i don't know how on earth talk got out of the situation i really <laughs> so, don't it, yeah so basically what happened is yeah inagawa has the flashlight and he's just you know he's blinding him mm-hmm. and <laughs> i think what talk realizes is like okay i just have to get him close to me how can i get him close to me Oh, I'll just let him stab me. I hate this movie. <laughs> so dumb. Because like, because Inagawa decides to stab him in like the the side. Well, I guess like where his what his liver would be, and it's a you know it could be any fatal blow. Like literally, Inagawa could stab him anywhere, right. and and ended the fight. But he decides to stab him in a place that could or could not have killed the you know his opponent. So Tak decides, like, well, you know, I'm going to let him stab me because that's going to be my entrapment move. Yes. So once he ha- he's close enough, then I can deliver the coup de grace, the, the, final, the final moves to, to end him. But the final move is so anticlimactic. What does he do? He fucking, like, elbows the dude in the, in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, that's it. And then he punches him. <laughs> and then he, 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 he does a wind-up punch, which I didn't think a realistic tactical move would be used <laughs> uh 
That's it's so dumb. And then uh, what? What do we have? We have like t- fucking ten more minutes of this shit. Uh, he takes down the big bad guy, and then who, he who is conveniently kinda... dressed like Big Boss. Yes. Yeah. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. There's a lot of Metal Gear. Well, apparently, apparently that actor is the voice actor of Big Boss in the game. Mm. So that's Makes why sense. they. So they they were intentionally doing it there. <laughs> Inagawa was like, I need to make sure I look like Hiro Kojima while I'm while I'm doing all these references to Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know what? If, if you, I, I want to just wrap up this fucking movie so I can uh, make this stupid uh, reference to Metal Gear. Um, the, so the main character fakes his death, kind of. Uh, we thought he died. And then the main character, uh, the little girl goes to the beach to dig up the dead cat. <laughs> dead cat isn't there and and then the is that what happened camp- i don't remember <laughs> no i don't fucking know why she's fucking there she digs up another hole in the beach and you're like why is she doing that i think oh she's, she's bur- trying- she's burying the book why because the book symbolized uh, her relationship no, with no uncle. shut up no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> so stupid like why would you do and then like the fucking camera pans and then you see that he's still alive he just faked his death oh because he's now reborn after dying eh Eh, eh. oh my god i need this movie to be over uh, i need <laughs> our discussion of this movie to be over so um look look if you if you want just just don't watch this movie and just play the metal gear games like i know you're not a fan zero but yeah, like no, I, no, no, but no, like no. anything that you could like appreciate from uh you know like from this movie you get a million times just playing the fucking metal gear series like i play metal gear solid 4 i got a lot of um i got a lot of uh uh you know like flashbacks you know, like nostalgia just thinking about you know like watching this movie made me think of Metal Gear Solid 4 especially with the final fight between uh, Ocelot and, and Solid Snake I know Zero you're like what the fuck is he <laughs> talking no, I, about I played Metal Gear 4 I know what you're talking about oh you about. did okay, yeah well, when they're like, on top of the uh, the oil tanker right yeah and yeah, and yeah they're yeah. both shirtless and they're just like throwing haymakers at each other yeah basically oh yeah that, that's <laughs> great it's, it's, it's like two watching two old men being the shit out of one another is a million uh, times more interesting okay. than this movie i don't know i fell asleep during the end cutscene of metal gear 4 so i don't know like i'm kind of (laughs) on the dude dude you can have a full eight hour sleep and wake up and the the game would still not be over i woke (laughs) up and the credits were still going (laughs) uh i can fall asleep dude if i fall asleep through like i could easily fall asleep watching this movie and like wake up and be like fucking it's still going uh, anyways fucking reborn let's talk about reborn again and f- finish my thoughts on it um i don't know what to say i don't ha- it's funny like i complain about it but it's it's not like oh like burning hatred just like i'm, I'm so bored watching it like i i started the movie and like i watched it you know one time no not one i did sorry i tried watching it and i, I felt it was so boring i stopped then next day i picked it up and i drank coffee expecting that it would help uh-huh. it did not <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> stop i had to stop again you know and then i finished and then we got to the wood scene and i was like oh there's just non-stop action this should be fun mm-hmm. and then this was like my third attempt at watching this fucking movie <laughs> uh, i was like i was just nodding off i'm like oh he just almost he he killed a guy i don't fucking care uh, but i finally finished the movie and then i have to watch it again today so i can remind myself that this was a movie <laughs> That this is something that I actually watched before and wasn't it wasn't just some sort of fever dream. Um, this movie's boring. That's the biggest sin. Yeah. And I, I don't I, know I, how many ways I can say that. It's really boring. 
There are problems with the movie. Sure. There are problems with a lot of bad martial arts movies. Yes. And I'll, I'll complain the high heaven about those. But the, this movie's biggest sin is that it's ungodly boring. Don't watch it. I don't recommend it to anybody. Don't watch any of the fight scenes. Even the fight scenes that we claim to like are like the highlights of the movie are not worth it. <laughs> I don't like this movie. I don't hate it. But I hate how boring it is. End of end of review for me. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I'm in a similar uh, sentiment, but not as not as harsh as you. Uh, yes, I do not recommend the movie. Uh, I like uh, some of the fights. I like all of the technical aspects of the tactical fighting that they're going for. I think execution is uh, where it doesn't really do it for me in a lot of moments. But I will say I like uh, I like the fight in the woods when he has the uh, two hatchets. I like uh, when he fights the the man and the woman, uh, who both have knives. Uh, I, I like I like a lot of stuff that's going on in the woods. I think just overall the pacing of it's just horrendous when you watch the movie as a whole. If you were, I, I think you can watch all these fight scenes out of context, and and it's kind of fine. Um, some of the some of the encounters are really really short, um, and then some of the fights, like I mentioned, like I, I feel like are kind of worth it. Uh, I think the worst one though is the last fight. Because they were just, I think they were going a little too realistic and you just have two people trying to hit each other, but they're just kind of dancing around each other. And I, I said it many times, cinematically, that's not entertaining. Oh, absolutely not. So, um, yeah, I, I I thought Tak Sakaguchi was an excellent performer. I really want to see him in the hands of like a really good... I don't want to say this director is bad. So we should I should mention this director, uh, Yuji uh, Shimomura, is on Danian's stunt team. Like they've worked together a lot. And I was watching uh, one of the making of videos, and then suddenly Danian popped up, and he, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, hey guys, uh, I've worked with Yuji for a long time. This is his new movie. Be sure to check it out." And he's he's speaking all in English too. And I was like, "Where yeah. the hell did he come from?" <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to say anything bad about the director. I haven't seen any of his other movies. Um, every but I, I'll, my caveat with that is everyone's allowed to have a shitty one. <laughs> one shitty one. Uh, same with uh, Grandmaster Wong Kar Wai had one shitty one. <laughs> so you know that's uh, everyone gets one pass. If you get multiple failures, then I don't know. That that's where I start to question your your direction. Uh, but anyways. Uh, I don't zero. How on earth did you even hear about this fucking movie? Um, I, like I said, like uh, we don't really talk about Japanese martial arts films too much. Like I, I'm desperately trying to find something uh, different or you know at least notable. Like yes, I know you don't. I I knew going in you weren't gonna like this movie, but I think <laughs> you just you just want to hear me complain about right, this. right. I th- for me so for me personally, I think this is an interesting di- display of a different type of martial arts. I think the execution is just not there. Like it's, it completely, fa- uh, you know, completely does not stick the landing in what it's trying to show. Right. You know, uh, I'm, I can, I'm not entirely familiar with uh, too many good Japanese martial arts movies. I can, I can probably one or two, but overall, you know, it, it, they're, they're on the older side, you know, surprisingly, you would think that the more modern Japanese martial arts would be way more interesting, but uh, usually the older ones are more interesting. there's something that you know doesn't missing in today's uh modern movies yeah well they went from like martial arts films then to blowing up with samurai cinema and then once you know the samurai films kind of died down i feel like 
they don't do you know they don't do action too much I, i'm trying i'm trying to find stuff um yeah. well if any listeners are you know have any recommendations that'd be great if you could send some our way oh i will say uh i did not realize that Takasakaguchi is in battlefield baseball have you seen that what the fuck is that <laughs> oh my god i gotta show you this movie so okay. imagine if japan tried to do um you know, Shaolin soccer, but they completely abandoned it halfway through and just make like this zany um, baseball <laughs> fighting movie. I did not realize. completely fuck? Yeah, the movie's awesome. Like I will say, to end on a positive note, Battlefield Baseball is hilariously dumb and over the top. So why aren't we uh, talking about that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I will talk about any movie over this movie. <laughs>